out today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice. rejoice and let us rejoice, rejoice and be glad in Amen. it. Amen. So I'm glad to see everybody out today, ready to give God praise. So before we begin, we are going to go to God in prayer. Lord, we just say thank you for another Lord's day. Thank you for the chance to come and give you praise, Lord. We say thank you for um, just giving us the right mind to want to honor you and to want to worship you, Lord. We just say thank you, Lord. To It's a privilege that we even know you, God. So we just thank you, Lord, for being a part of our lives and coming into our lives this past week, Lord, and even in challenges there and in tough times, God, you were there, God. And we just say thank you. You're making the way even in our tough times. Thank you. You're making our way in our good times, God. We just thank you for everybody that made it out to worship service today, Lord. We are just so encouraged by you. We say thank you for the good plan you have for us this day. Thank you for the message. Thank you for the preacher, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for everybody that comes to this church and listens to your word. We say thank you for everybody that's online. We ask you to just encourage them right where they are, Lord. We ask you to encourage those that aren't able to make it to church, God. Just let them hear a word from you, Lord, today. We ask you to bless this service this day. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So good morning again to everybody. Good morning, everybody online and in worship. We just want to welcome you. Um, if you are online, um, we ask you to just send us a chat on our webpage, nlac.tv, on Facebook, or even on our um, app. Uh, and then you can choose the about links. You can even get prayer on our app. Praise God. So is anybody ready to give God some praise today? Is anybody ready to hear a word today? Praise God. So get up on your feet if you're able and let's get ready to give God praise as the praise team and the praise band brings us in. Lord, I lift your name on high. Thank you. 
glad you came to save us. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to to the sky. 
Thank you so much, praise team, praise band. Give glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, we are going to go to God in prayer. Lord, we just say thank you for bringing us together today. We just say thank you, Lord, for the plan that you have for our lives. God, we just say thank you for everything that you have brought us through in the past, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord, for everything that you will bring us through today and in the future, Lord. We just ask you, Lord, to just um, keep us in your presence, Lord, Um, not just on Sunday mornings, God, but all through the week. Lord, we're just praying for our loved ones that need to know you or need to have a right relationship with you, Lord. We're praying for those that are not here at church today, God. We're praying for those that love you, Lord, and that can't make it to church, God. We're praying for our sick and shut in, Lord. We're praying for those that may have addictions, God. We're praying for those that may not have a way, Lord, um, but we know that you will make a way in each situation, Lord. We just say thank you, Lord, for the finances that we do have, Lord. Um, Some of us do not have enough, but we just say thank you when we come to you in faith that you can multiply and bless what we have, God. Um, We just say thank you, Lord, for the finances and the resources that are on the way, Lord. We pray, Lord, for our church today. We're praying for unity in our church, Lord. We are just so thankful. We have almost made it to nine years together as new life at Calvary, Lord. We are just so thankful, God. We are so thankful, Lord, for everything that you brought us through. God, we pray for Pastor Kelly today as she is on vacation. We say thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We say thank you for our pastor, Pastor Kelly, and we just help you. We ask you to help her rest, God. Help her to just be restored and renewed, Lord. She is your servant, Lord, and help us to help you. Help us to help her, Lord, to help her rest, Lord. And we just say thank you. You have a good plan for her and her family today. Lord, we just continue to pray for all the situations that may be going on in our world. We're praying for the COVID pandemic, Lord. We are praying for those that are sick, God, and I'm just thankful to be back in church this Sunday, Lord. There are a lot of people that are sick today, God, and some people that will get sick this weekend. We just say, thank you, Lord, that you know before we know, and you are in the midst of our challenges, God. We just thank you for healing right now in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord. We just say thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus Christ, that died so that we may be healed. By his stripes, we are healed. And we just say thank you, Lord, that we have your gift of the cross, Lord. We say thank you, Lord, for just not just healing us in our bodies, but healing us in our minds, healing us in our spirits. Lord, helping us to come closer and grow closer to you day by day. Lord, we asking you for a healthy church in Jesus' name, Lord. We ask you for a healthy, vibrant church that goes out to serve you, Lord. We are looking for a church, Lord, where Jesus is the main attraction, Lord. Help us to have a heart for your son, Jesus Christ, God. Restore us, oh God. Restore us, oh Lord. Restore us, oh Lord. Restore our faith, God. Restore our spirit, God. 
We say thank you for everybody that serves in our church today, God. And thank you for those that you are bringing in off the streets, even off the streets and people online, God. We just say thank you, Lord, that you have a plan to use each and every last one of us in the body of Christ, God. Because we all can't do it by ourselves, Lord. We need the body of Christ, God. And we say thank you, Lord, for those that are unsaved. We thank you for salvation in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we say thank you that you are with them and you are with our church, God, the saved and the unsaved. Lord, we believe you have a good plan for all of us, God. And anything, Lord, that may people may need today, we thank you, Lord, that you are in the midst of those needs right now. And we say thank you that you have a solution to every problem, to every sickness, to every weakness, God, to every worry, God. We thank you for our joys and we thank you for our concerns because we give them all to you, God. Bless us this day. Bless us, oh Lord, this day. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 All right, church, we are going to stand, if you're able, and we are going to recite our church purpose statement. In response to God's love, our purpose is to love others teach the word of God, and reach the world for Christ. Therefore, as a covenant partner, I will invite others to come and join me in worship. I will be a part of a small group Bible fellowship to grow in Christ. I will serve in the ministry with my gifts and talents. I will do my part in faithfully giving my tithes and offerings to keep the ministry of Jesus Christ alive in the world. I will love all those who enter our doors and accept them in our midst. Amen. Amen. We're going to have our scripture reader, June Phillips, come up and read for us. Good morning, church. Good morning. Our scripture from the Old Testament is from Joshua 6, 8 to 20. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once all the arm, with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with priests and blow the trumpets. When you hear the sound, a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. So Joshua, Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, advance, march around the city with an armed guard ahead of the, ahead of the ark of the Lord.
When Joshua had spoken to the people, seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets. And the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpet, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding, but Joshua had commanded the army, Do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. So he had the ark of the city of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to the camp and spent the night there. Our next uh, scripture is from Joshua 6, 8 to 20. Um, Samuel 17, 4-7, to seven. I'm sorry. Okay, and it reads, A champion named Goliath, who was from Goth, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze, weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore brown graves and a brown javelin and was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield barrier went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? I am not a Philistine, and you are not the servants of Saul. Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistines said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Now David was the son of Ephraim, named Jesse who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons. In Saul's time, he was very old. Jesse th- Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to the war. The firstborn was Elab, the second Abadah, and the third was Shammah. David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For 40 days, the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Now Jesse said to his son David, Take ephah of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry, and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of their units. See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. They are with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Forty-one. Okay. Meanwhile, the Philistines, with his shield, shield barrier in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was little more than a boy, glowing with health and, and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come with me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by the, his God. Come here, he said, and I will give your flesh to the, to the birds 
and the wild animals. As David, David said to the Philistine, you come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I will strike him down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All these gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you all and he will give all of, of you into our hands. The next one is uh forty one to fifty. New to the New Testament is John one. One to five. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was God, and He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that had been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness not have, the darkness has not overcome come it. That said. May the God let his blessings to the reading of his word. Thank you so much, June, for the scripture reading. Anybody know what time it is? It's offering time. And what do we say at New Life at Calvary? Hallelujah. Because we know that we know that we know that God has been a blessing to us this week. Amen. Well, this is the third Sunday, and our after our tithes and offerings, our uh, special offering today is our Rotulu Orphanage in Nigeria. So we want to be a blessing to those people in Nigeria. Um, there are different ways for you to give today. You can go give on our website, NLAC.TV. You can give by Cash App. The number, the dollar sign, and the number two N L A C. You can mail in or drop off your offering uh, 2020 E79th Street, Cleveland, Ohio, 44103. And we just say thank you for your giving today. So let us give ushers, we ask you to come down as we pray. Lord, we just say thank you for blessing us with your finances this week, Lord. We say thank you for even that is not enough, Lord. But we ask that uh, you would bless us as we give today. We say thank you, Lord, because we know that as we give, you will open up the windows of heaven and pour us out a blessing, Lord. And we say thank you, God, that you will take and multiply everything that we have um, that we give to you. So we ask you for a special uh, grace over our um, offering today, Lord, and help it to be used to further your kingdom. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. And thank you so much for your giving. And we will now be blessed by the praise team that's going to be singing, I Got a Testimony. Amen. Followed by Marvin Rogers that will be preaching the word for today. 
Jacob found it, y'all. I can truly say that I can be asked. I can truly say that I can be asked. I can truly say Thank you, praise team. <laughs> Hallelujah. I wish I could have been up there with y'all, but <laughs> sometimes things don't work out. The <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and let's, let's go ahead and open up in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity to come and worship you together. We thank you for all the people that are here today and all that wanted to be here that could not. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. It's August. And as you well know, most of the pastors go on vacation during August. So um, this is amateur hour, basically. <laughs> so the last time the late pastors got together, we uh, uh, sat down and we cast lots. And um, I was a loser. So, <laughs> so here I am today. My message is... Um, Religion and science can coexist, okay? And, and sometimes in the Bible, sometimes later, science will come and actually prove what the Bible has to say, okay? They are not mutually exclusive. If you see the person next to you start nodding and looks like he's going to fall out of his chair, please, please wake him up. <laughs> if he does what we call the chemistry role when I was in school, where your head goes all the way around. <laughs> 
All right, there, there, there are basically two sides to this message that I've got today. Um, how science actually catches up with religion, and the other portion of it is, is how miracles actually happen or can be explained by science and medical science, in addition to that. Um, let me give you two quotes. This is from Dr. Martin Luther King. Science investigates, religion interprets. Science gives man wisdom, which is power. Religion gives man wisdom, which is control. Science deals mainly with facts. Religion deals mainly with values. Albert Einstein said this, science without religion is lame. Religion without science is blind. Okay, um, the, the two are co complementary. Religion fills in the blanks science cannot. You know, ask a scientist, well, how did the world begin? And he'll say, well, it was the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> well, what happened before that? I don't know, you know. How will it end? I don't know. <laughs> Bible fills in the blanks. Genesis says, one, chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, the opening verses is, in the beginning. All right? Science claimed in 1920 that time, space, and matter already had existed and made up the galaxy. Edwin Hubble, everyone knows who Edwin Hubble is, right? He was an astronomer. In, the 1929, in 1929, through his observation of the universe, he said the universe is actually expanding. Those galaxies further out are moving faster than the ones that are closer in, which is substantial because that proves that the galaxy actually had a beginning. Okay. God is preeminent. He exists outside of time, space, and matter. Okay, I'll turn right. <laughs> God spoke everything into motion under natural laws of science, which he created. Can you bring up John 1, verse 1 and 5 again? Okay, it reads as thus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Okay. And now, when you say, when we go back to the Big Bang Theory, we're talking about light emanating from a source, all right? Proposed by 1920, this, the Big Bang Theory was proposed in 1920 by an astronomer, a mathematician, a physicist, but he was also a Belgian Roman Catholic priest. His name was George Lemaitre. He didn't propose the theory to disprove creation, but he was actually trying to explain how God did it. Now, speaking about the earth in general, let's say, uh, remember the prophet Isaiah? He was a prophet in 700 B.C. In Isaiah 40:22, he states, He sits enthroned upon the circle of the earth, 
that is a globe. Now, when he says that, that's a globe. From space, if you look at the Earth, it would appear like a, a nice blue round circle, or we call it the marble. Um, in 1500 AD, Magellan circumvented the Earth, proving that indeed the Earth was round. And you didn't fall off the edges when you got to the end. <laughs> so this is how the Bible perceived the uh, fact from, from science or from Magellan circumventing, circumventing the world. And that was by 2,000 years that, that Isaiah said what was going on and when it was finally proven. So between science and the Bible, we got 2,000 years where the Bible is way out in front. Genesis lays down the beginning of time. Uh, written in 1400 B.C., probably by Moses. You know, Moses spent a lot of time with God <laughs> through Exodus. So this is probably where all the information from Genesis came from, with, between Moses and his conversation with God. Um, I want to go over the creation. I'm going to do a synopsis of it. I wrote this down, so forgive me. It's not the full texture that comes from Genesis, but it's kind of like a shortened version of it. Um, let there be light in the darkness night. That was day one. Let there be a vault between the waters called the upper vault sky. Day two. Let the waters under the sky be gathered in one place. Let dry ground appear. God called the dry ground land and the waters he called seas. Let the land provide vegetation seed-bearing plants, and trees according to their kind. Day three. Let the vault of the sky be separate from day from night, and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and the days and the years, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser night to govern the night. He made the stars and set them in the vault of the sky to give light. Day four. Let the waters deem with living and birds fly above. God blessed them and said to be fruitful and increase in numbers. Day five. Let the land produce living creatures according to their kind. Livestock, creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals according to their kind. God said, let us make man in our image, in our likeness, so that he may rule over all. Day six. God finished the work he had been doing, so on the seventh day, he rested. He blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Okay. Now, when we talk about that, when he made man, God made man from dust. Um, God also made the animals, birds, and other creatures that move along the ground from dust. Okay. So, every living creature, even every plant, God encrypted or coded with the DNA. So that's why you have humans. That's why you have cats. That's why you have dogs. And neither one will be the other. Never will that happen. It's scientifically improbable that we came from one single cell and through what do they call it? Uh, evolution became us. Birds became birds. Flowers became flowers. It's just been proven astronomically not probable. Okay. That brings us to the fall of Adam into sin and death. 
Okay, I wanted to bring this into two parts. Most of the stuff that I'm going to be talking about is the book of Genesis, but um, I just wanted to lay the groundwork. Um, um, there's several centuries that passed. Like I said, Adam and God probably conversed on what was, went on during the book of Genesis and how Adam and Eve did fall into sin and death. And the second part of this is uh, the great flood. Okay. This brings up Noah's Ark. <laughs> Noah's Ark is um, size in cubit. Does everyone know what a cubit is? Okay. <laughs> a cubit is the distance from your elbow to the tip of your fingers. Now, not everybody cubits is the same. Mike's cubit's probably a lot larger than my cubit is, <laughs> since Mike is taller. But um, looking at an actual, well, the, the standard used for a cubit is 20.4 inches for a cubit. So the size of Noah's Ark was 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, 3 cubits high, which translates into 510 feet long, 85 feet wide, 51 feet tall. And it was designed only to float. And Jasmine, can you bring up the picture of the ark? Okay. This is a rendition of the ark in, um, called the Ark Encounter it's in Kentucky. Has anybody ever been to the Ark Encounter yet in Kentucky? That may be where, that's one of the places I do intend to visit, you know, just to see how the, the ark was actually constructed. Now, it's, yeah, it's a pretty amazing feat. It's all made of wood, just like it was in the Bible, and all the dimensions are the same in the Bible. Okay. Um, like I said, it's a full-size replica. Now, I want you to pull up the other, the carnival ship. Keep going. One more. One more. <laughs> Have you got it? Is that it? No, that's not it. I should have a picture of a Carnival cruise ship on there. Well, in Indian, the reason I wanted to bring up the Carnival cruise ship is Carnival Paradise. It's been around since 1996. The dimensions are basically the same, so nothing has changed over... 6,000 years as far as shipbuilding seaworthiness are concerned. Okay, the, the Carnival cruise ship is 855 feet long, 103 feet wide, and 10 stories high. So it's not, it's about 300 feet longer than, than the Ark. And the reason I bring that up is because the Ark was not pro pro propelled by anything. It was just floating. The Car Carnival cruise naturally has an engine. It's got oil compartments for gas. It's got, you know, all the things that they need in order to float and, and and survive. That brings up the point of why did we do, why was Noah, oh, there you go, there, there you go. <laughs> found, found it. Oh, you found it on a, on a line. Oh, there you go. <laughs> all right. So take a look at the ships in comparison. They all both basically look the same. One's modern, though. As you know, it's all made out of steel. I mean, it's, but as far as the dimensions for seaworthiness are, they're comparable. They're the same. Okay, Noah loaded animals into the ark two by two, as we all, as we all know. But um, the animals that he loaded were all young animals. They were there for one reason, and that's to reproduce when they got to the new, 
when they actually landed. So you wonder how many animals were white. You know, it's almost impossible for them to get that many animals on board. And the answer is, no, it's not that impossible because we're talking family. We're not talking species. We're talking families. So a wolf is basically a, a dog, you know. And over through time and gene you know, substitution and or, you know, failure of gene. One gene dominates the other, the other. That's how you get a wolf. You can get a chihuahua. But they all come from the same family. Okay. Am I putting anybody to sleep yet? <laughs> okay. Uh, which brings up, I wanted to say, um, we talked about the ark. I wanted to make sure I talked up, touching that. Now, like I say, everything was brought aboard of their own kind, not species. Now, let's go back to the Wall of Jericho. Can you bring up the uh, information on the Wall of Jericho? The scripture? It's, it's so if you can't find it, if you find it, it's fine, but I'll just go ahead and move on. It says that they marched around the Wall of Jericho for six days. On the seventh day, they marched around it seven times. And the trumpets and shouted, and the walls came down. All right. Israel was ready to attack, the, but God said, wait. God required them to do something on the outside that may have seemed foolish or ridiculous, but that's God. They persisted in their faith, not understanding how God would destroy the wall, but a seemingly unbreakable barrier was breaking through spiritual growth. God can make those barriers come down, so we become victorious. But we need to do things his way. Science has a reason for the reason that the wall of Jericho fell. It's called destructive resonance. Jasmine, can you bring up that first equation? You got it? You got it? <laughs> Don't give up. You had it before. Make it as large as you can. Okay. All right, there you go. See that, that little formula at the bottom there? F is equal to one-half pi. Yeah, I know I've, I, this is a, we're going into some really deep stuff here. <laughs> you know, you're not going to understand it. I don't halfway understand it either. It's been a long time since I've had to deal with this. Okay. But anyway, it's, it's a, something called destructive resonance or mechanicals. Mechanical resonance frequency. Everything, or most things, or most structures have a, a resonance frequency. Um, what I'm going to name here is something more recent that probably you're familiar with, or maybe I've already seen before. It's called the Tacoma Narrows Bridge. It was constructed starting in 1938, completed in 1940. The bridge is approximately 5,939 feet long. The, the longest span was 2,900 feet wide. 
The cost was $6.9 million, which is not much, because the George Washington Bridge in 1935 cost $59.5 million, and the Golden Gate Bridge cost 37, in, 19, in 1937 cost $35 million. So Jasmine, if you can bring up that, the bridge video. should already be unproclaimed too. Okay, here we go. This is the bridge, it's Comanova's bridge. Like I said, it was opened in uh, July of 1940. <laughs> 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 there, okay, the bridge finally failed. It only took four months for the bridge to fail. Remember how the men marched around Jericho? Same theory is involved, you know. Um, it's actually said that the bridge was destroyed by aerostatic flutter caused by 40 miles per hour winds. <laughs> that's not a lot, if you know. That's a common day on Lake Erie sometimes, depending what season you go. Uh, uh, there was only one casualty. There's a black cocker spaniel. <laughs> All right. Um, there was other instances of this happening, too. In 1831, a brigade of British soldiers marched across England's Barlton Suspension Bridge. The bridge broke apart, throwing dozens of um, soldiers into the water. That's why, to, even to this day, armies break step whenever they cross the bridge. Okay. All right, that um, brings up the story of, uh, I wanted to bring up David and Goliath. Okay, let me get myself together here. Um, as you know, in the Bible, um, Goliath was the, uh, the huge warrior that was confronting Saul and his forces. And under the odds, impossible odds, you know, David jumps up um, and defeats Goliath. Goliath had the whole entire army in fear. No one in Saul's army was up to meeting the challenge. Goliath taunted Saul and the army on a regular basis to come down and do battle with him, hand-to-hand -hand combat. Him wearing hundreds, hundreds of pounds of armor 
and armed with sword and spear and javelin. David appears, on the other hand, to do battle. Saul offers him his, his armor and a sword. David struggles with the thing and says, oh, he refuses to do it. He says, I can't even walk in this stuff because I'm not used to it. So what does David do? He picks up five stones, puts them in his shoulder bag, and descends into the valley with his staff. Goliath is insulted by the fact that they're not sending a seasoned warrior to do battle. David is a shepherd, one of the lowest professions at the time during, you know, during that time of the of, uh, century. This was called an improbable victory, but my question is, was it? During ancient times, there were three types of soldiers. You had the cavalry, which were men who were on horseback. You had the infantry, which were men that were in armor and carrying swords. And then you had the projectile warriors, which were archers and slingers. Slingers could kill or seriously injure a target from 200 yards away. The Romans even developed a special tool to remove those poor souls that were casualties from slingers. <laughs> um, David puts a rock in a sling and starts to whip it around. And this is the next equation. F equals mass over acceleration, F equals MA. And it has the force, once you start rotating this thing, and you let go of that rock, it had the force of a, being shot in the forehead with a, with a gun, or with a handgun. Goliath had issues, as you can tell in the Bible. He said, um, he, said he, he comes down the valley with a shield bearer, which is not really necessary for hand-to-hand combat, if you think about it. Always telling David to come closer. The Bible quotes how slow Goliath moved. What the medical people believe, or what medical condition they, they, that uh, Goliath had, he suffered from a condition called acromaglia. It was a benign tumor of the pituitary ground, resulting in an excessive growth hormones that accounts for his size. In addition to that, one of the other side effects is reduced vision because that tumor is pressing on the back of the optic nerve to the eyes, causing severe sight restriction and sometimes double vision. This severely restricted Goliath with the hundreds of pounds of armor and his medical condition with his vision loss and slow movement made him an easy target for David. David had the defeated Goliath by David had defeated Goliath by the power of faith and the power of God. But there again, Goliath had some issues. Goliath was willing to fight battles on his term. David shift the paradigm and say, well, let's do it my way. <laughs> and his way worked. <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to go into, uh, everybody runs the tale of Jonah, right? Jonah and the whale. Um, God tells Jonah to go to the city of Nineveh, preach them because they were wicked. So he was ordered to go preach the people of Nineveh. Jonah, on the other hand, decides to buy a fare on a ship going from Joppa to Tarsus. God gave him a message that he did not want to hear. God says, so when he's on his way to Tarsus, God brought up a wind, a strong wind, and chopped up the seas. The storm was so violent that the ship was in danger of disintegrating or breaking up. Sailors cried out to their gods. Sailors started throwing cargo over the, over the side of the ship to reduce the ballast. Lightness all over the ship. 
uh, captain goes down below decks and says, because um, that's where uh, that's where Jono was. He was down below sleeping. While everybody else is panicking, he's down there sleeping. <laughs> and they got they brought Jonah up, and they said, "Well, pray to your God. We've been praying to our God, and nothing's happened. Pray to your God." And uh, sailors cast lots to determine who was responsible for this act. Well, the lots fell on Jonah. <laughs> so the crews asked Jonah, "Who is responsible for making all these troubles?" What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? You know, when things are going that bad, I mean, things are really going, say, downhill, then they have the, I don't know, audacity to ask. I would be in panic mode instead of asking these questions. Of, well, you know, where are you coming from? What are you doing? <laughs> but then that's me. Jonah replies, I am a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who makes the, the seas and the dry land. Terrified, the crew asks, what have you done? What should we do with you to make the seas calm? <laughs> and then Jonah says, well, throw me into the sea. Yeah. The men did their best to try to row back, but the seas were getting worse, and the crews cried out to Jonah's God. The crew cried out to Jonah's God, not their own. Do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable. The Lord provided a big fish. I probably would assume that it was a whale, but we call it the big fish. Uh, the big fish swallowed Jonah, and Jonah was in the big fish for the whale for three days and three nights. And Jonah prayed for those three days and three nights. And finally, his Uber dropped him off. <laughs> <laughs> and he was vomited on the, the shores of, uh, you know, <laughs> I had to try to make it in modern terms. Everybody could understand Uber. The consequences are, do not disobey God. Don't run the opposite direction. He ran the opposite direction. He was serving his own interests. He was afraid to go to Nineveh because the Ninevans might have repented and that God would spare them. Jonah wanted them destroyed. Okay. Now, how does science look at that? How does science look at this? Well, how did the whale know how to go to pick up Jonah? You know, did God say, go to this degrees north latitude, go to this degrees west longitude or east longitude? Or did Jonah say to the whale, I want you to go to this area and listen for a ship being broken up? more than likely is the second one because coordinates were not available until 104, 120 B.C. Okay. Um, yeah, I know I'm throwing a lot of facts out there, but hey, it's, it's, worth no, it's worth noting, I think. But anyway, um, we say Jonah picks up, uh, is being picked up by the whale and transported. And like we say, how did the whale know that? And I say, there's an equation for that. <laughs> Jasmine, can you bring up the sonar equation? Okay. I won't go into details about how, what the signal-to-noise-loss ratio and all that other stuff. I dealt with this when I was in the Navy. I was on a ship that actually chased submarines. And I, what I would do, I was in, in sit in combat and, and plug in formulas all day trying to figure out what the location of the submarine 
And what we would do is we would park off, you know, we, would, we have a sonar that we used to drag in the water. It, it, it had hydrophones on it. It can capture sounds, you know. So we were able to tell, you know, what was going by. Every ship has a signature, just like everybody has a signature. Everybody's got fingernails. Every ship class has a signature because of the way that it's constructed, the way the engines move, the way the engines it moves through the water. So if you see a ship going by on your screen, you say, well, that's a merchant. That's a merchant. That's a warship. That's a submarine. That's what we want. <laughs> um, and I was on board an ASW platform, an anti warfare platform. It's called the TRIP. It has now hence been made into razor blades, which tells me and that happened back in 1984. So I'm sure the science of sound and water has maybe, the theory hasn't changed, but the instrumentation probably has. Um, and just um, as a point of interest, you know whales talk to themselves for miles on the water. They have, that's why they have the whale songs. So sound travels a good distance on the water. I mean, it's phenomenal things that you can do with sound in water and track things in water. Um, so basically, I just uh, I gave you uh, the, the basically some insights on how the science and origin has been proved by science, and somehow science can explain some of the miracles of biblical events. So in closing, you know, we've talked about a lot of things from the past and how religion and science can fit together, but that's not really why we're here. We are here today, this day, right now, is because we, of our faith we have in Jesus Christ. He is the name above all names, who came and died for you and me on the cross to take away our sins and our guilt and our shame. He knew that, or he knew that no sin was, sat he, we know that his sin, that he was a person of no sin. He had no sin, but was sacrificed for us. We have been saved by his grace through faith, and it's because through Jesus Christ we can have life and life abundant. We created to know God, be loved by God, to fellowship with him, and if we repent our sins and turn away from it, we are progressing to be more and more like Jesus every day. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your insight and for the, the goodness and mercy that you've shown us. We, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who died upon the cross for us. We thank you for those that are healing because Jesus will heal you. He will comfort you. Just ask. Just pray. And Jesus will do that for you. So now what we're going to do is we're going to join the praise team. If you're able to, stand up and sing with me or with us. God smiled on me. I, I knew that. <laughs> so those of you that are in need of prayer, um, please stand up. Raise your hand so that one of the lay pastors or the, the pastors can come and pray with you during this song. Um, if you need help, assistance, if you're in need of prayer, or if you're in need of just wanting to talk, they're there for you.
so sweet to save a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm fine. Was blind, but now I see. God has, God has smiled on me. He has set me free. God has, God has smiled on me. He's been good. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I was, was now, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. God has, God has smiled on me. He has set me free. God has, God has smiled on me. praise team praise band you all may be seated thank you so much marvin for bringing us the word today let's give marvin a round of applause praise god praise the lord and we're just going to continue to pray for those that still may need prayer. So let's just go to God and pray one more time. Lord, we just say thank you for every need that you have put in our hearts today, God. Thank you, Lord, that you have an answer and a way out of no way, God. We speak healing and restoration. We speak forgiveness, Lord. We speak love, joy, and peace. God, we just say thank you that we can put our situations, good or bad, before you, God. We just say thank you. You are the God of our lives. You know the beginning from the end. And we have victory in Jesus' name in every area of our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. All right. So we do have a couple of announcements today. So once again, Pastor Kelly is on vacation. Somebody say vacation. Pastor Kelly's on vacation. So that means what? Don't call her as much as you would. <laughs> if you don't have to call her, you know, save it a couple of weeks. If it's not important, emergency, okay? So we're praying for her and her family uh, just to have a great time and rest in Jesus' name because we all need some rest, amen? Uh, if you're not resting enough, you're probably going to be sick. So we, we do make sure our pastor is rested. Thank you. Uh, so we say have a good one, Pastor Kelly. 
Um, birthdays. We got some birthdays this week. Mikael Chapman, he's in Texas, but his birthday is today. So happy birthday, Mikael. That is Ruth's granddaughter, grandson. And um, we also have a birthday, Haley White, on August the 24th. Happy birthday to Haley. And Amari Rao, she's in the office right now on uh, August 27th. So happy birthday, Amari. Happy birthday to everybody this week. Uh, we missed any birthdays. Make sure you get your birthdays turned in. Okay? Um, let's see what else. There's a few more announcements today. Um, in the chapel today, you can see Pat Rouse for extra, for those who uh, were here for the uh, school supplies yesterday. Uh, if you didn't get any, Pat Rouse will be in a chapel with school supplies. Uh, she also has some extra food bags. I think there's like seven of them, I believe. And, um, then we also have some disaster boxes, um, you know, for the pandemic uh, in the chapel. So they're big boxes. So anybody needs um, a box or a kit or school supplies, see Pat Rouse, okay, in the chapel. Congratulations to Stephanie and Melvin Simmons and Joy Key and the Key family on the birth of their new grandson, Bryce. So... We are so happy for you guys. And also happy, um, also congratulations to De- Demetrius and Daisha Darman on the birth of their new granddaughter. So we are so happy for that as well. Thank you to everyone that participated in the Young Entrepreneurs event yesterday. It was a great event. And we are so thankful uh, for everyone, the small young business owners, authors, artists, we also want to share Marvin Hayes does have a book, praise God. And we would like for you all to um, look it up on Amazon and other websites so you can talk to Marvin Hayes about that. Um, also, we would like to encourage you to all to buy Gail's book as well. It is a brother and sister duo. So we got some authors in the house, okay? Praise God. Um, so thank you for everyone that donated. Um, Oh, that lady over there. Okay. <laughs> um, yes, praise God. <laughs> so um, thank you, everyone, that donated school supplies and clothes. Um, there's still some that's left. Once again, see Pat Rouse. Also, um, I hope I didn't miss anything. Do, 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 do. Oh, yes. River of Life International is having an anniversary. Praise God. Woo-hoo. So it is on the 29th, and it is a fancy banquet. Tell your neighbor it's a fancy banquet. And you all are invited. Do you want to stand up and say anything about it? Come on, Reverend Nancy. Good morning. Uh, I'm so happy to be before you this morning. Uh, we have a good news for the River of Life Church International. We want to do our anniversary this coming October 29. We have three programs in one of uh, the anniversary, and we're going to do some honoring program. I'm sorry Pastor Kelly is not here today. She was going to be on top of things because I gave her some tickets and the flyer to be given out. So uh, we're going to have honorary program. We're going to honor uh, 
Dr. Rich and his wife, Dr. Mike, Michael Panjo and his wife, uh, Pastor Kevin and his wife, and the Catholic Charity. We're going to honor them for the great work they have done in my life and also in the life of the River of Light Church International. We want to be grateful. One of the reasons we are doing this, we want to honor God and also I make a vow to God that if God made me successful in this country, I will be a big church for him in Africa. So I want to fulfill that promise. But that promise cannot be executed by my, by my one except you come in and help me. I don't want to take the blessing alone. Amen. Amen. You cannot go to Africa, but your money can go to Africa. Hallelujah. So we'll be doing a fundraiser. That is why we're going to have a banquet. This, we, we have African foods, different kinds of African food and American food. You will have enough and even take some home. So just come and help us support the River of Light Church International. But the whole thing is going to be headed by the main ministry. Mavi and uh, Brother Mike with Pastor Kelly and the pastors will be responsible for this ticketing and flyers. So this is just to give the announcement to you and everything will be turned over to Mavi and the pastors. God bless you for your support in advance. The tickets are $35 for uh, adults and $15 for children. Amen? Amen. God bless you. I know you will be there for the River of Light Church. God bless you. You think we can get some of the flyer out today to people? Okay. Uh, I have a flyer here. If you... If you are leaving out, you can get one for yourself. Amen? Amen. All right. So, happy anniversary to River of Life. Praise God. We're getting ready for our own anniversary. Amen? And also, um, uh, piano lessons are in the flyer. They're over with. But we had a great time. So, hopefully, we're going to have them perform um, anytime soon. So I'm glad for those that came out. Okay, so let us stand for the benediction. Yes. No community meal this month for New Life at Calvary, okay? Pass the word along. All right, church. So we are so thankful for the word today for Marvin, um, from late Pastor Marvin, just on science and faith. So help us to just remember some of those facts this week. Um, Lord, we just say thank you for just having our church service go um, together. We just want to come honor you. We just um, say, may the God of hope fill you with all joy, peace, and believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Lord, we just ask us to give us your spirit this week. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. And help us to be your people wherever we may go, being a light in the darkness, Lord, and just having some science with our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week and tell your neighbor, mighty glad you made it to church today. Johnny. Johnny.
Johnny. Johnny. Johnny. Every, well, I guess.